Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil, was this young actress an accessory to murder? She claimed she was duped by her ex-fiance. I had nothing to do with the murders. What was the first thing he confessed to you that he did? The hard questions. Were you attempting to give him cover? Not at all. There are those that say that there have been inconsistencies in your story. The straight talk. I gotta tell you, that sounded like a coached response. I'm watching you close because you're an actress and you're a good one. The explosive interview. My son is dead. You're lying and you're covering it up. You said you saw a man with a black hat. I don't recall saying I saw The police him. stated that you said that you saw them. Do you have any reaction to what happened to his son? It breaks my heart, and I didn't know him. You seem to have no reaction at all. Let's do it. Why don't we stop all the drama, stop all the fighting, and let's go get you better. Here we go. Have a good show, everybody. If I can help get this family back on track, are you willing to do that? Pretty great. Take it. This is going to be a changing day in your life. Go, Dr. Phil. They were young, in love, and living the American dream of being actors in California. Rachel's claim to fame was playing Princess Ariel at Disneyland. Dan was well-known in the local Orange County theater scene. They were in the prime of their lives, engaged to be married and just a week away from their beachside wedding. That is until the cops called it off. Uh, today, police found a severed head during a search of El Dorado Park in Long Beach. 26-year-old Daniel Patrick Wozniak was arraigned in a Santa Ana court today, charged with two felony counts of murder with special circumstances. He's accused of killing two people and dismembering one of them just days before he was to be married. Wozniak is accused of killing Julie Kubiashi in the apartment of his friend Samuel Hurt. Wozniak is then accused of shooting him, dismembering his body, and allegedly dumped the body parts in the same park where he was to be married. I tried to ask his fiance if that were true. The family members of double murder suspect Daniel Wozniak left the Orange County Men's Jail doing all they could to keep Rachel Buffett from answering any questions or be photographed. Her face constantly covered with a leather jacket. The bride-to-be, Rachel, says her dreams of a fairy tale wedding and living happily ever after all came crashing down after one fateful phone call. I first met Dan doing a play. My initial impression of Dan was he was a nice person, but kind of fake and shallow. He was always so eager to please, and he always seemed just like the guy who would give you the shirt off of his back. Several years later, he started hanging out with me on pretty much a daily basis, and I quickly fell for him. In late 2008, he asked me to marry him. 
He gave me this gorgeous vintage ring that he said it had come from his grandmother and was intended for him to give whoever he was going to marry. I looked at it as though we were gonna have an awesome future. The wedding date was set for May 28th, 2010. It was going to be a beachside wedding with a reception overlooking the water. On the night of Dan's bachelor party, two days before the wedding, he was arrested. I didn't know what to think. I was in shock. And my first response was, oh my gosh, what trouble could this idiot have gotten himself into now? And is he gonna be out in time for the dress rehearsal tomorrow? Well, what Dan had allegedly gotten himself into was far more sinister. Now here's what police accuse him of doing. They say Dan lured his neighbor, Sam, to a local theater shot him in the back of the head and killed him. He then left Sam's body in the attic of that theater and met with a young man to give him Sam's ATM card to withdraw funds. His next stop was to another theater where he performed in a play with Rachel. Now, after the play, he lured Julie Kuyashi to Sam's apartment, shot her execution style, and staged the scene to look like Sam had sexually assaulted her. Then, Dan went back to the theater where he had left Sam's body and dismembered him. He left Sam's torso in the theater attic and scattered his head and forearms in a local park. The day after Dan was arrested, Rachel arrived at the police station with no idea about how drastically her life was about to change forever. The police said that they would like me to come down and speak to Dan. When we got to the station, they said, now we're going to have him talk to you because what he has to say, you're not going to believe it coming from us. At that point, I realized that he was seriously in trouble. I walked into the room and after hearing out of Dan's own mouth that he had any involvement with the murder, I went into shock. The wedding's the next day. We were supposed to have our dress rehearsal that evening, and I'm finding out that he's not the person that I thought he was. After we found out that Dan had actually committed both of these murders, I'm finding out random different lies, jobs that he never had, people that he talked to on the telephone that never existed, a condo that he never owned, overdrawn bank accounts, and then on top of everything, I found out that the ring that he had given me was not his grandmother's. His parents had never seen it before. After I'm finding all this out, I'm starting to question if I've ever known him. I absolutely feel like I was duped by Dan. So, was Rachel duped by Dan? Police don't think so, which is why just a month ago, she was called into the police station again to talk about the case. It wasn't long before she realized that this time, she was the one in serious trouble. On November 20th, 2012, I got a phone call from the main detective that was in charge of the Wozniak case. He said he wanted me to sign some papers. I offered to meet him at a shopping center. When I got there, they said that they were there to arrest me. I was 
completely confused by what was going on. I sat in jail for six days through Thanksgiving weekend before anybody could get a hold of the district attorney's office to find out exactly what I was being charged with. I ended up being in there three weeks. I was charged with three felony counts of accessory to murder. It was such a preposterous notion. I had nothing to do with the murders and I had no knowledge of the murders until after the police did. Okay, so Rachel, you now have been arrested and charged with what? Three accounts of accessory to murder after the fact. Accessory to murder after the fact, which are based on they're saying you did what? They're saying that I withheld or lied to them, um, withheld information or lied to them in three separate interviews mm -hmm. in order to help Dan Wozniak evade arrest or conviction. Mm -hmm. Did you do that? No. Did you know that he had any involvement in these murders at all? Not until after the police did. So he didn't talk to you about it? And after, he didn't come to you and say, hey, I did something really stupid here. He didn't say anything to you? No. When you found out that there had been murders, mm -hmm. at that point, did he say anything to you? When the apartment complex found out that there had been a murder and it was general knowledge, um, there was discussion in group settings where he said, I think I was one of the last people to see Sam, who's now missing, so I know that they're going to come question me. So it was like he was setting the stage, like in case we noticed that he was nervous, he would have an excuse. Mm -hmm. But now, you said when you found out he had committed these two murders, he's not pled guilty to this, has he? Yeah. So th at this point, these are just allegations. I mean, you can't say he did it. You, mm -hmm. you don't know that, right? Well, or do you? I mean, he, he told me and he told the police. Yeah, what did he tell you? Pretty much everything that you guys just went over in the video. And where did, where did he tell you this? Where were you when he told you? It was after his confession to the police. Mm -hmm. So it was over the telephone. How did he start the conversation? He was crying, he was sobbing, and he said, they won't let me see you. They promised that if I told them everything that they would let me see you. Mm -hmm. um, and my response was, okay, well, what's everything? What did you do? And then he led into the story. And what did he say? What was the first thing he confessed to you that he did? That he killed Sam and Julie. He just told you, I, I killed those two people? Mm-hmm. Did he tell you how? I don't recall if he told me how. Wow, you don't recall? No. At a certain point, you reach your, your shock level and I think you just like turn off your intake button because you, you can't handle anymore. Rachel says she's been telling the truth since day one, but there are others who disagree and say there are a lot of inconsistencies in the story she is telling. We'll talk about that after the break. The night of Dan's bachelor party, I was arrested and taken into custody and questioned for about six hours. While I was sitting there in jail, the guards let me know that it was probably gonna be in there for at least a couple years. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. 
all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm having to tell my family that the man that I brought into our life and our house is not the person we thought he was. The person that you're closest to is involved in something that you're completely against. I went into shock. Well, two years ago, newly engaged Rachel didn't have a care in the world. She was starring in a play, studying for finals, and planning a wedding to the man that she said, all right, this is it, here's my guy. Her idyllic life came crashing down around her when her fiance, Dan, was arrested for allegedly murdering two people. I wanna be very clear, he's pled not guilty to this, he's not been convicted of it, so these are allegations. I, I said that there are those on the prosecution side that say that there have been some inconsistencies in your story. Joining us today is Orange County District Attorney Tony Rakakis. Uh, he is here. Tony, thank you for being here. You've been on our show before and been very helpful to us. Uh, and Rachel's attorney is also here. It's Ajna Sharma Wilson, and she's here today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and thanks for allowing your client to be here. I'm going to ask her questions, of course, and please feel free to chime in at any point that you need to and clarify anything at all. And so thank you, you, thank you for giving the opportunity to Rachel to be here. Now, according to the district attorney, Rachel's story of being duped by Dan just doesn't add up. They say her story has changed several times over the past two years, and they believe that she is responsible for helping Dan cover up these horrific murders. Now, here are a few of what they say are inconsistent statements that they allege that she has made. Now, the number one inconsistency, let me say this and then you can respond to it. According to the DA, Rachel described a third party who came with Sam on the night they picked up Dan. Now, according to police, Dan admitted fabricating this third party. So the point is, he fessed up that there wasn't a third party, but yet you describe a third party. Mm -hmm. So how could that be? You have a wife, right? I do, a beautiful wife, thank you. If your wife told you that she had just made a cup uh, or a pot of coffee and it was in the kitchen, and then you didn't see it, but later on, somehow it became really important whether or not it was there, and a cop asked you um, what was in your kitchen, you'd say, oh, a spatula, a fork, and a pot of coffee. Mm -hmm. I trusted him, and I trusted that what he said was true, and especially before I thought it really mattered, I didn't question it. And then later on in questioning, when the police asked me, well, did you actually see him? And I said, well, no, no, I didn't. I gotta tell you, that sounded like a really coached response. 
I want to know what you have to say about it, not what you worked out in a conference room with your lawyer to say about it. And it's my understanding that you didn't say you inferred that there was a third party, but that you told the authorities that you saw a third party. Is that not correct? I don't recall telling that specifically to them. Did she say she saw a third party? Is that yes, in the yes, record? Yes, that's her statement. Your statement was that you saw a third party. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm watching you close because you're an actress and you're a good one. Obviously, you've had a lot of success. So, and just know, <laughs> people are going to watch you for that. You know, that's a challenge you've got. People are going to watch her because mm-hmm. she's an actress. I, I, tr- I have not coached my client at all. I have not even told her anything other than tell the truth, Rachel. Yeah. You didn't see anybody. Mm-mm. Did, did you say you saw somebody or did you just say there was a third party and that was just an inference based on what Dan told you? That's, and that's how what I you say is consistent. Yes. That she has always said she thought Dan, there was somebody. And Dan told her that that was accurate and she implicitly believed the man that she was going to marry. So I, I guess the interpretation could be that that would help that maybe Dan wouldn't have been the last person to see Sam alive. If there was another person In my mind, there. I was thinking it would help them find Sam, who I thought was just missing. Mm-hmm. And Dan wasn't under suspicion as far as I knew at that point. All right, the second inconsistency, according to the DA, Rachel said she and Dan came home from the play and went straight to bed when first asked about the night of May 21st, 2010. Now, according to the DA, Rachel later said that she went on Facebook, messaged Julie and watched a movie on the night in question. They say that's an inconsistency. You either came home and went to bed, or you came home, messaged Julie on Facebook, then watched a movie, and then went to bed. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is simply not true that I told them I went home and I went to bed. I told them I can't really remember. I usually go to bed pretty quickly after coming home, maybe pop on a movie. I was speaking in generics trying to tell them probably what happened because I didn't remember at first. Okay. And do you all see this as a significant inconsistency? Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, in particular, the, that first statement is meant to give uh, um, uh, Daniel an alibi. An alibi? Yes. Um, so meaning that she would have been in bed, she and Daniel would have been in bed? They would be in bed at the time of the second murder that uh, Julie uh, Kubiashi was murdered. Right. Were you attempting to give him cover? Not at all. The third inconsistency, according to police, Rachel described problems in Sam's family life. Uh, And according to the DA, Rachel allegedly fabricated Sam's problems with his family to throw suspicion off of fiancé Dan. Did you fabricate problems that Sam had in his family life? No. Did he have problems in his family life? I don't know. I didn't know him that well. If you didn't know him very well, why would you be asking him about family problems? He was over, um, sitting on the patio with me. He seemed really sad. So what did you say to him? It's been two and a half years. The way I recall the conversation going is something like, um, so Dan said you had family problems or something like that, and him confirming by saying, I don't want to talk about it. Rachel's fiancé wasn't the only person arrested that night. Her brother Noah was also taken into custody. Did he know anything about the murders? We're going to find out. 
Plus, Sam's father says he has no doubt that Rachel was involved in covering up the murder of his son. We're going to add him to the conversation as well when we come back. When the police told me about Rachel's arrest, was I really surprised? No, because she lived with the guy. During the preliminary hearing, there were inconsistencies in Rachel's statements in a number of occasions. I absolutely am convinced that somehow there's involvement there. I want people to know that I'm a good person and I would have nothing to do with such heinous crimes. I've never officially met the victim's families. I don't blame them for thinking ill of me because the police tell them to. I've seen them in court. They avoid eye contact with me and there's a lot of tension and it grieves me. I feel their pain and I know they're hurting more than I am. Well, that was Rachel. She is currently being charged on three felony counts of accessory to murder in the killings of Julie Kubayashi and Sam Herr. Now, her former fiance, Dan, is currently behind bars, charged with two felony counts of murder. Now, Rachel's fiance, Dan, wasn't the only person arrested the night of the murders. Her brother, Noah, was also taken into custody at Dan's bachelor party. When Rachel and Dan decided to get engaged, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the guy. Dan was spending a lot of time around Rachel, and when Rachel moved out of an apartment she had had to come live with me, he started crashing on the couch over at my place. The night of Dan's bachelor party, I was arrested, taken into custody, and questioned for about six hours where I had been, who I had been talking to, and what I had been doing with Dan in the days leading up to the wedding. While I was sitting there in jail, the guards let me know that it was probably gonna be in there for at least a couple years while all this was going to trial. They never brought charges. It was probably the longest three days of my life. When I was first told that Dan had taken part in the whole killing, it just seemed to come right out of left field. He just didn't seem capable of anything aggressive like that. This was somebody who was in my inner circle for a good bit of time. It was just sort of bewildering to find out that you don't really know somebody. Our lives will never be the same. Well, Noah, thanks for joining us. You were arrested the night of the bachelor party. Yeah, I was. And when they were telling you that Dan was involved in these murders, you just laughed. I did laugh at the suggestion because no one who knew Dan ever would have thought that he had any sort of malicious intent or violence in him. He didn't strike you as that sort of character. Why arrest you? Just based on association, really. I had been running errands with Dan, pre-wedding errands with him the whole week leading up to the wedding. And um, as it turns out, I guess the police had been following me um, around <clears throat> on some of those errands. And one of them happened to be um, me driving him to the home of the boy he had inducted into his scheme to use Sam's credit card. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't mention who the boy was or why we were stopping there. He just said it was a surprise and left it at that. Do you believe he duped your sister? We certainly did. He duped all of us. He duped a whole network of people who knew him. And so you think he just sucked her into this and she didn't know anything about what was going on. You completely think she is innocent here. You know, 
I didn't grow up with Dan. I don't know him that well. I knew him for about two years, roughly. But I've known Rachel since she was a baby, and she just wasn't part of anything like this. But what would you have expected her to do if he came and said, look, I, I killed this guy. They're going to catch me if I don't have an alibi. You got to cover me, girl. What would you expect her to do? I can tell you exactly what I would expect her to do is she would have talked to me about it. We tell each other everything. And would you she wouldn't be able to, to lie to me. Yes. Well, Sam's father, Steve, uh, is here and says he is sick of Rachel acting like she is the victim. Listen to this. Sam was my best friend. Sam had a very outgoing personality. He was a combat veteran from Afghanistan. He was very easygoing, just an overall big galoot. The last time we heard from Sam was on Friday, May 21st, 2010. Around noontime, he spoke to his mom. The next day, he was supposed to come over the house. Periodically, I called to see if he was coming over, and we weren't getting any answer. So I figured I'd go over there, see if everything was okay. When I first walked into the apartment, everything seemed quite ordinary. I said, hello, glanced into the bedroom, and that's when I saw Julie. You find a dead body in your son's apartment, the first thing you might call, what happened here? Did he do something? And I said, this is not my son. He couldn't have done this. Sam was missing and became a suspect immediately, May 27th of 2010, close to a week later. The police came over the house and told us that Sam was murdered. Underneath, I felt he was already dead. But when they confirmed it, it was a tough go. Your lives are crushed when you get news like this. Today, police found a severed head during a search of El Dorado Park in Long Beach. The victim's neighbor, Daniel Wozniak, was charged Friday with two counts of murder for the deaths of Samuel Herr and Herr's girlfriend, Juri Kabushi. The next morning, the police called to Steve before you find out from the TV, uh, we have to tell you that Sam was dismembered. That's when I lost it. That's when I lost it. They were looking for body parts at a park. That was Friday, Saturday, May 29th was Sam's birthday. And I'll never forget that uh, on my son's birthday, I was praying that they would find his head. Well, Sam's father is here. We're gonna talk to him right after the break. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Very shocking story. It's out of California. A young California actress police are now calling an accessory to murder, Rachel Buffett. It offends me that Rachel is going on TV trying to plead her case. I'm innocent. Rachel Buffett maintains she was duped by her ex-fiance. Every single time I see that, I relive finding Julie's body. I relive the evening they came over and said Sam was found murdered. I relived that morning when they found his head on his birthday. I relived that. 
Well, Steve's son, Sam, was murdered two years ago. Rachel was recently charged with three felony counts of accessory to murder after the fact in that crime. Steve wants justice for his son and for Rachel to finally stop acting and tell the truth. Uh, Steve, first off, thank you for being here. Thank you. And uh, as a father of sons, yeah. uh, Sam's age, I, I, I can't even imagine the pain that you've been through and are going through, and I am so sorry for your loss. Thank you very much. What happened here in your view? You've studied this, you've been all over it. What do you think happened to your son? I certainly do believe Dan did this. I don't necessarily believe he did this alone. When Rachel was arrested, I, the family backed her up. I understand family, what have you, but to bring this out, I find it offensive that I, and don't take this personally, I find it offensive that I have to come on TV to do this. This should be done in a courtroom. And um, I don't appreciate her lawyer recommending that she come on this. I, I'm sorry, these are questions I don't know what you're going to ask me, but these are the feelings I have. No, listen, I, I want to hear from you. And this is the, this is the first time that Sam's father, Steve, uh, and Rachel have been together and have had an opportunity uh, to talk about this. And I think any time that she's talking, uh, it's, it is of interest. I would think it would be of interest to Absolutely. you. I think it's of interest to the DA. I think it's of interest to her lawyer. She's wanting to get her side of the story out. Why do you think she's guilty? Uh, there's a number of factors that came out in the pr uh, preliminary hearing. And at this preliminary hearing, it was brought out that the police questioned Dan, and Dan mentioned about this mysterious man. And then she confirmed by saying, yes, I saw this man. But ironically, it matched the exact same story that Dan said, that he had seen a man with Sam, a man had come with Sam. After his arrest, and after his, uh, um, re what I read, is that he confessed that this man is imaginary. How can she stand there? How can you, you just found out one of your friends is dead, my son is a, a suspect, and then you say, I saw this man, and then later on find out that this man is fictional. Explain it. Well, Dan had already explained in a group that he had seen someone, and that's where I was getting my information. And at the time, I wasn't expecting, uh, suspecting Dan uh, for anything. I just thought they really wanted to find Sam, so I was trying to give them any information I thought was true in regards to trying to find Sam. Why would you say you saw the man? I don't recall saying I saw The police, I, in this case, the police stated that they said that you said that you saw them. So I, I'm assuming you're telling me the police are lied. I said the last time that I saw Sam was that Friday afternoon. And I said that there was also a person there. I don't think that I would have said I saw them because I know that I didn't actually see them. According to the police report, you said you saw a man with a black hat. You know, in regards to the earlier question about why we're here talking about this instead of a courtroom, because I, I agree a courtroom would be a more proper place to go through this, but unfortunately, the, uh, the police and the uh, district attorney's office have not handled this with kid gloves nor with an air of professionalism. They've stepped on 
me and my sister repeatedly. And the reason we're here bringing this out is because it hasn't just been confined to a courtroom. We've both done jail time for this without any evidence. There hasn't been evidence. And the allocation that Rachel was trying to cover for Dan, if she was trying, she sure wasn't trying very hard because she didn't buy him an alibi and she cut him loose. There's really, no, there's really no evidence that she was ever trying to do anything but just be helpful. So you're saying you've been attacked in the court of public opinion, so you're fighting back in the court of public opinion. Yeah, this, just, doesn't, this is not confined to just a courtroom. Do you think she was involved in the murder or just after the fact? I no. absolutely believe she's guilty of what she's being charged for as far as the accessory of hiding information. Uh, as far as how I truly feel about her, I think people can see, get the inference where I'm coming from. Next, Rachel is facing up to four years behind bars if she's convicted. We'll talk more to the man working hard to put her there and find out why it took two years to charge her. If you're a father, you would know what I'm thinking. Give me five minutes with him. The ironic thing is Sam was a decorated combat veteran in Afghanistan, and to come back and this happened to him is it's absurd. It's surreal. We miss our boy, and uh, if there's ever a case for keeping the death penalty in this state, that's it right there for what he did to my son and what he did to Julie. Steve says he's here today because he is on a quest to get justice for his son Sam, who was brutally murdered two years ago. Rachel's fiance is behind bars, accused of that crime, and the prosecutors say Rachel helped him cover up the deaths. First off, there was a comment about family trouble that had Sam upset to the point that Rachel noticed and asked him a question. Do you want to comment on that? I did. Rachel had mentioned that Sam confided in her, well, it alluded to the fact that Sam was having family troubles. Anybody who knows Sam knows there were absolutely no family troubles. This was a boy, a man, who had on a tattoo on his chest, huge tattoo on his chest of flowers and hearts with mom and dad in the middle of it. That's how they identified my son's body, because he didn't have a head and he did have some arms. So to her to indicate that there were family problems, or she heard Sammy say that, what she did, Dan, it's funny because Dan said the same thing in his alibis. So your story absolutely coincides with your ex-fiance's Dan's, which, were, as we know now, were fabricated. Explain that. It could be something as simple as he was having girl problems and just didn't want to tell me. We're so not talking about girl talk problems. About we're talking it. about family problems. I don't know why he would have said it. Let me ask uh, the district attorney if I could. Why did it take two years to charge her as an accessory for the murders? Well, it's been a long and hard investigation. Um, by the time uh, uh, we, we finally got to the point where it seems to be pretty clear that there isn't going to be any additional evidence come out, uh, we, it was decided that uh, uh, Rachel could uh, only be charged with accessory after the fact. And so uh, that was the charge, and it was brought when it that doesn't make much sense to me. Dr. Phil, do you mind if I ask the district attorney excuse a question directly? Well, why should, why oh, should excuse me, Noah, you seem to be your sister's mouthpiece. Sometimes. I'm up here by myself um, and I have my family over there. I realize excuse you're me, representing your me. son. 
and I'm representing Sam, and, Ra and Rachel, I'm assuming, can represent herself. But you're can. pretty much doing most of the talking. But I'm willing to answer any question Dr. Phil brings to us with my best ability. I think Rachel should have that, and it seems like you're doing most of the let her talk. Do you want to ask her a question? I'll be honest with you. After the preliminary hearing, which we had last week, there was enough evidence that the judge said there's enough evidence to take it to trial. I was aghast when I, the next night I get a call saying, you're going on TV. What does that tell me? It's like I want to go out there and do it in the courtroom. My son is dead. My son and, and his friend, his tutor, is, are, they're both dead. He was cut up into pieces, and you to come on here and, and go on the TV stations, poor me, that offends me. That offends me, and I'll just leave it at that. I understand, and maybe I made a bad judgment call by coming on here, but I didn't come out when everything first happened and said, oh, look at this horrible situation, I'm the victim. You know, you didn't see me selling my story to Hollywood to make a movie. Not yet. She didn't ask for the cameras to follow her. This is, they're following her. It's not that she's responding because people are coming out and putting her in that limelight. She it's can say, I'd rather choice. not talk about it, and we'll talk about it when we, we'll settle this in court. It's, I will prove my innocence in court. And we're not here to go through the matters that are going to be found out in court. This is actually a wonderful forum for healing. That's why we're here. Tony, when will this go to court? Well, we're, we're trying to set a trial as soon as we can. Uh, we're hoping for within a year from now. Okay, we have to take a break. Steve says that actress Rachel is playing the greatest role of her life, the innocent victim. But Rachel says, look, I'm not playing anything. She says she is innocent. We've been talking about the horrific murders of two young people and the lives that have been ruined since. Now, Steve lost his son, Sam. Rachel lost the man that she planned to spend the rest of her life with and is now accused of helping cover up the crimes. You know, I think everybody here wants justice. And, you know, Rachel, if you are falsely accused here and you weren't pulled into this cover-up, then... A lot of people are going to owe you an apology for accusing you of it and trampling on your reputation. If you were, that was a mistake and you need to own it and move on with your life. At this point, you know, there's a lot of open wounds here and you understand why this man is hurting. He, hasn't gotten, a, he hasn't gotten justice for his son yet. How do you feel about what happened to his son? It breaks my heart, and I didn't know him and wasn't even close to him. And I, I watch you watch it, and you seem to have no reaction at all. It's absolutely horrific. But I think, I, I know that I'm not the main <clears throat> victim. Sam and Julie are the main victims. And then I think even secondary would be their families. I'm after all that. I realize that. And that's why, that's why I didn't want to come out in the limelight before, two and a half years ago, I tried to keep it to myself and tried to work through it and try and do my own little healing process or whatever. But because of how much these people are hurting and they think that I had anything to do with that, 
it's bringing up a lot of pain for me. And I guess that's why I don't want to wait for it to go through court. I'm so happy that it will so they can see that I had nothing to do with it. But I want some sort of healing or at least for them to just know that I didn't have anything to do with their pain before that. Do you believe she belongs in prison? Yes. Yes, I do. And if she truly feels for the family, I would appreciate her stopping trying to get other, uh, I'd appreciate if she doesn't give any more interviews until the courts. In my estimation, what I've read about is that my belief is you're lying and you're, going, and you're covering it up. But we will find out in the court. Before we go to break, I need to read a statement from Julie Kubayashi's family. They speak about her in the present tense. Julie is one of the sweetest, brightest, and most cheerful individuals. She snorts when she laughs too hard, and she's the one you'll hear singing from the top of her lungs at any concert. Julie is always there for her friends and family. She's the type of person who would drive up to LAX from Irvine at midnight just to pick you up at the airport. She's always had a passion for musical arts and dance. Our family appreciates the hard work that the detectives and district attorney's office have done thus far, and we rely on their expertise to help bring this case to closure. We'll be right back. Well, I want to thank everyone that came here today to talk about this very, very important situation. A special thanks uh, to Ajna Sharma Wilson and the Orange County District Attorney, uh, Tony Rakakis. So thank you guys both for coming and uh, talking about this. For more information about today's show, uh, please go to drphil.com. I appreciate you being here so long. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.